Thank you for joining the Zen Care Podcast. These recorded Dharma talks are given freely to our community in the heart of New York City, which we are honored to now share with you. New York Zen Center for Contemplative Care is dedicated to transforming the nature of care through contemplative practice by meeting illness, aging, and death with compassion and wisdom. Learn more about us through zencare.org. during Kinhin this evening, the altar looks very different as it usually does. I wanted to leave it dressed like this. Usually after a ceremony we take the altar down. But I wanted to leave it dressed like this to give you an opportunity to, to see one of the many things that we do here that are not uh, part of the normal schedule. And. Uh, Although they are usually, if it's something like this ceremony, which I'll talk about, on the website or you have, you have a flyer about it. And um, it's an opportunity, and this is a gentle persuasion, for those of you who are members of the Samra, formal students in particular, to take part in these kinds of ceremonies, even if just to be uh, a greeter, to be part of the liturgy, to hold the space that we have created here. Yesterday we had Anya and Erica uh, holding the space for 30 people. 30 grieving parents that came here to make cranes and to take part in the ceremony of healing. Koshin and I were the officiants and um, it was a beautiful ceremony, it was a beautiful afternoon and I felt somewhat sad that it was just the four of us here. So I just want to put that out there. Um, as I said, particularly to our formal students, but to the Sangha at large, come on by. Notice what we do here. It's not just about sitting meditation. And yes, we have lots of classes going on and lots of, and this is, you know, some of you are doing chaplaincy work, which is beautiful, but there are also things, not but, and there are also th other things that we could all take part in. So it's just an invitation to let you know that when you see something special, just maybe get curious. It's not an edict. You don't have to do it. It's just an invitation for you all. So you can see there are lots of things here. There's candy, there's little toys, there's uh, a couple of different. So basically, this, is this guy here, the silver guy, is Jizo. This is my favorite Jizo. I collect Jizos. I don't need any more. <laughs> I collect Jizos. This is my favorite, the big silver one. And Jizo appears in many forms. 
but he's seen uh, predominantly as the protector of women and children and, you, and travelers. And you'll see him all across Japan, um, across roads, in little side streets, in little niches outside of houses. And he is, he, um, is venerated, if you like, even though that's not the right word, as uh, the, the bodhisattva that takes care of aborted, miscarried, stillborn babies, carrying them across to the shore of Nirvana, if you like. It's, it's felt that babies, when you know, unborn babies and babies are not yet fully formed. So the Jizo is able to carry them across to the other side from where they're stuck. Um, so the ceremony that we, that we hold here is called Mitsuko Kuyu. Obviously, it was being started in Japan. Uh, it's an old, it's an old, um, sorry, mit, mit, Jizo is an old bodhisattva dating back hundreds of years. Um, he's been seen as, uh, he appears in many forms, as I said. Sometimes you can see him with a horse's head. He was uh, the protector of the samurai. You can see him with a cow's head, you know, uh, for the farmers that were hoping for better crops, and better herds. Um, and then later, in Japan, uh, he was adopted as, uh, as I said, the saint, patron saint, if you like Christian terms, the bodhisattva of women and children. Became, he became much more in evidence after the Second World War, after the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, where so many women were giving birth to uh, stillborn children or informed children. So, and there was, the parents needed a way to mm, recognize their pain around the death of an, in an infant. And also, many women, parents, women, decide to abort <coughs> their children for whatever reasons. Right? Sometimes Expedient means sometimes, for whatever reasons, a woman will, will abort a child. And that's not to say that following that procedure, she is not going to be in incredible pain and suffering. And so this is an opportunity for her to come to some kind of closure, possibly. And all over Japan, you'll see tens of thousands of these little Jizo statues. You see, there's a little doll right beneath uh, Avalokiteshvara, and there's a little silver baby one here. Um, and you'll see tens of thousands of these, usually little stone statues, like on our garden out, outside the balcony here. And women will come every year and kind of like little quilting circles, if you like. They'll sit around and they'll make little tiny bibs and hats and sometimes bring toys. And then they'll go out into the Jizo gardens and wash and dress the little Jizo statues. 
and they'll sit around and possibly talk about their experiences. And um, so yesterday we did pretty much that. We uh, I gave a little talk about Jizo, then we went out to the table. And as I said, there were 30 of us, so we kind of crammed in a little bit on the floor, on the table. And Erica and Anya instructed these folks how to make these little cranes that we have all above the wall, above the windows here. They write their names on them, and then they make these little beautiful cranes. And then we come, we place the cranes on the altar. Some of them are still here. Some people took them home. And then we have a, a beautiful, beautiful service where they get to offer incense. And then afterwards, we had this beautiful period of folks ex sharing their own experiences of loss. You know, one woman was raped, and following that had three miscarriages. One lady talked about how 27 years later, she saw this ceremony on the website, somebody had led it to the website, and 27 years later she got to mourn the death of her child. She didn't realize how long she'd been holding this. So many stories, I mean, there were mothers and fathers here, single mothers, one parent, one man was here who's you know, from another culture, should we say, probably in his 50s, whose baby brother, his, his mom went to the hospital to have baby brother, and he went along, you know, the family went along, and he was sitting with the nurses, waiting for the big surprise. And baby brother was stillborn, and taken away, with no explanation. And so for all these years, he was holding on to this, like, this, the very fact that his baby brother was never given a name, was never talked about. It was only recently, in the last about five years ago, and this is 40 years ago, um, no, probably 50 years ago, that he, that he found out where his little baby brother was buried. Right? But no one had ever spoken to him about it. That was something among the adults. So it's a very, very important ceremony for many people, in many ways. So the ceremony is called Mitsuko Kuyo. Mitsuko means literally the water baby, the baby that's in the womb, floating in the womb. And Kuyo is the ceremony for the water baby. As I was typing this talk this afternoon, a friend of ours, uh, Michael, uh, messaged to say that his cat was dying. Minette, his little kitty cat. I don't think I put it on the altar, but we also have Jizo as a cat. You'll see it in Koshin's room when you go for Dokasan on the altar. Uh, we got this cat, this, this particular Jizo from Japan when uh, one of our cats was dying, Snowshoe, to uh, be able to address our sorrow. So this little kitty cat Jizo is in the dog song. Next time you go in, take a look. So 
Jizo is most often seen as a shaved head monk. As I said, takes on these many forms. Whatever is needed. And like all the bodhisattvas, is gender fluid. So he, she can be here of help to any of anyone that needs. It's not stuck in one identity. Right? So I told Michael, Michael said I would love to, I told Michael I was speaking about Jizo this evening and he said I would love to come to the talk and listen to I said we should go home and be with Manette. because we don't know. And the talk will be recorded, so he'll get to hear it. So maybe we'll dedicate this evening's talk to all the kitty cats who have died in our life and minute, particularly this evening. So this is for Hoetsu, from Zen Master Raven. Zen Master Raven, for those of you who don't know, uh, is a collection of stories by uh, Aitken Roshi. And uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful little collection of uh, teachings, Zen teachings. And he uses animals as his characters. So uh, I've been talking about Zen Master Raven now for a couple of weeks, even though I've been reading it for many years. This one is on death. Mo came to Raven privately and said, we haven't talked about death very much. I'm not concerned about where I will go, but watching my family members die, I'm wondering what happens at the point of death. And Raven sat silently for a while and said, I give away my belongings. story. So what are these belongings? Is it my collection of teapots that drive him crazy? The dust collectors, 30 of them around the kitchen? From uh, a, longer time, a long time ago when I had a house that I collected teapots because that's what English Men, <laughs> English gay men. <laughs> we collect teapots and we have teapots. <laughs> the little doilies. <laughs> so I have a very special collection of teapots that are gathering dust in the kitchen because we never use them. And then there's all the CDs, right? I don't know. Ten, ten cases of CDs that are of no use now because they're either on the computer or they're in the cloud. But I'm holding on to those <laughs> and even paying for the storage unit <laughs> to hold the CDs. And God knows what else is in there. I've also got this collection of buttons. <laughs> that I 
inherited from my sponsor who died five years ago. He'd been collecting them since the days of Eisenhower. So there's I like Ike, <laughs> for those of you old enough to remember that. And then all the, all the presidents, uh, vice presidents since then, all the way to silence equals death. So the whole gamut, the whole, and they're all in these boxes. I mean, who the hell wants them? <laughs> you know? And I can convince myself that they're very valuable, and one day a dealer will come along and say, Jesus, I love that collection of CDs, and I love that collection of buttons. Here's a whole bunch of money. Maybe it'll pay for the funeral. <laughs> so Raven sat silently for a while and then said, I give away my belongings. The Buddha said, my actions are my only true belongings. I cannot escape the consequence of my actions. My actions are the ground on which I stand. My actions are my only true belongings. What to give away? How do you give away your life? How do you not hold on to this idea of a life. How do you fully participate? Salute. What actions do you take to be in the world? to see others, to step outside of yourself. Izumi Roshi said, no. Appreciate your life. Appreciate your life. How do you appreciate Did you even notice the altar this evening? Yeah. Well, you should have been looking down. <laughs> <laughs> so, all those who said yes, see me afterwards. <laughs> Kinhin, downward gaze. But you can't miss it. appreciate your life. The next time you take a long walk, and hopefully you do take long walks, you walk to the subway, you walk home sometimes, take note of the things that give you pause to stop. Like the altar tonight when you're walking around the, the Zendo. Wow, what's going on? What's that? Curious. 
So when you're walking the streets, what are the things that make you stop and take notice? The baby in the stroller, I don't know, wherever you live. Squirrels as you're walking through the park. Squirrels like kind of fighting each other or running around with their little nuts that they eat. <laughs> I'll wait for you. Um, those things that make us, <coughs> those belongings, right? Those fleeting moments, and then they're gone. I like to think of my sweet memories as belongings. Knowing that they too will go as part of the natural aging process. We forget certain things and, you know, actually even now, Koshin will tell you, we can see a movie in January and by June, I'm like, I've never seen this movie. <laughs> we watch it all over again. <laughs> but how many times from your past people say, God, do you remember that time in 1983? And like, no. And it's okay. It's just part, you know, we can't hold everything. But for a while, those memories could be so precious to us. And then without even trying, we let them go. They're gone. Such is our life. These belongings. So what is the ground you stand on, Derek? Do you feel the ground beneath you, this ground, the ground on which you stand, the ground of authenticity, of willingness, selflessness? Do you use your practice to sustain this ground, to fertilize. Is your practice fertile? Or you just come, plonk yourself down in the cushion for 30 minutes, check, done that, come back next Monday. It's okay if you can only get here once a week on Mondays, but can you get here and be really solid? This ground on which you sit, this ground on which you stand. As I said, Jizo, like all the bodhisattvas, can take on many forms. And he uses all the tools of his life to keep the ground beneath him solid. Even if he's floating down the river, the raft. He's not stuck in one identity. How many of us get stuck in the idea of I am this, I am that, I am not this, I am not that? 
this rigidity that keeps us in some idea of who we are as opposed to today this, tomorrow possibly that, the next day possibly this. It's not some kind of idea of civil, you know, personality is in different Just being amenable to being whoever is needed in that moment, friend, caregiver, colleague, So before you leave this evening, take a look at the altar <coughs> once more and with a, a renewed sense, knowledge of what it actually means, see how that feels. Think of those parents that were here yesterday and think of the thousands of people, the thousands of mothers all over Japan, and even now in the West, the ceremony was brought here in part by a <coughs> Jan Chosen Bay's Roshi, who was a huge, huge proponent of this, supportive of this ceremony, because of the work that she did with children. So there are a number of Zen centers in, in America make this ceremony part of their program once a year. So. I'll close with another short piece by Zen Master Raven. It's called The Good of Practice. And I hope the last line will be particularly poignant for you. Grouse missed Zazen one evening but came later to ask a question. I'm hearing that some old-time students and even teachers act selfishly and cause dissension in the community. So what's the good of practice? Raven said, it takes or it doesn't take. Grouse asked, what does it take to take? Raven said, practice. Grouse sighed and was silent. Owl said, I don't get it. If practice doesn't take, how will more practice do it? Raven said, I hope I live long enough. Look how lucky we are in this world to have lived past. As one of these beautiful ladies yesterday held her baby for 10 minutes before he died. Think of that when you think of practice. I hope I live longer.